Let's bring in our special guest. We got Tommy Mir from Tomahawk Nation. Tommy is our boots on the ground guy, and he was there. If you're listening to this, uh, you probably listened to this on Tuesday. He was there for Monday's press conference with Mike Norvell, Kenny Dillingham, and Adam Fuller. And I will say from an outside observer, I think all of them sucked real bad. I thought <laughs> I thought that um, they said some things that really popped my eyes out of my skull, like that lady from Ripley's Believe It or Not on Fox circa 2001. Okay. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. Hell of a reference there. I'll pat myself on the back. Um, awful press conference, in my opinion. However, I don't particularly think they meant everything they said. I think that we've got Adam, who is going to coach speak his way on what they really meant, what they didn't mean, and why they didn't say what they really meant. But, Tommy, you were there, and you saw it live. What did you think, and what did you think of the coach's morale? I mean, it, it seemed kind of um, kind of normal, I guess. Maybe maybe a little bit less as enthusiastic as you've seen going through practices and through fall camp. Okay. Um, it, what I particularly didn't like was the the fact that they tried to throw these X's and O's and all those other things at the media to to make people just not to deflect questions. Yeah, I agree. It was like word salad via technical scheme. A word salad is pretty much the best term. Exactly. Hoping you would tune out. And so he could get off the stage and weep openly into his palms because he had to go through what I just went through. Um, I'm with you there. To me, I felt that there was a sense of, I'm not going to say desperation. I know he's feeling desperate. I don't have to infer that. I almost felt I saw a sense of exasperation, like guys over explaining the unexplainable guys trying to define the undefinable. Uh, Tommy, did you feel like you were looking at guys that were confident in their approach and what they were going to do moving forward? I feel like I looked, looked at a bunch of coaches that wanted to move forward in a progressive way. Uh, mm-hmm. c- confidence, Yes, it's always there with them. But do I feel confident about the, the, the coaching staff? That's that's to be determined. Okay. You know, let, let's see where they come out uh, from for Louisville and see we're moving forward because, you know, the, the record of being 0-3 is, you know, it's not pretty. We can all agree on that. Right. But how do we move forward or how does Florida State move forward? I agree. Going throughout the season. One thing that I was interested in that never got touched on is Mike Norvell's process. You've got a team that is consistently regressed week to week to week. You're playing worse, in my opinion. You're getting worse, which is not the normal trajectory of a team, as you would expect when coaching is taking effect. So there's something wrong in your approach. Now, what are you doing specifically to reverse that trend? I don't think that was answered sufficiently. I don't think that that was even really tackled at all. Yeah, I don't even think now, it was really asked at all. Now, that, not by everybody. There are some guys on that Florida State beat that do an immaculate, amazing job, and I love you all. <laughs> and there's others that ask about dumb, moronic stuff that nobody cares about. Hey, why do they got those words on that shirt? I don't care unless it says Austin 316, <laughs> and then you're above reproach, in my opinion. A goat-level shirt. 
Another thing that gets me on these press conferences, and I know because all you guys listen, I know you have your five questions written down, and I know you're in an impossibly long queue to answer your question. I know that you have to play nice with the communications directors. However, I would implore you to actually listen to some of these answers being given and maybe come up with a question on the fly. Maybe when somebody like Mike Norvell said today, I have the utmost confidence in this team, and I'm not just talking about it for years from now. I'm talking about like this year. I think it's acceptable. Cross through your question about uh, the number of spots on the Appanoose Horse Renegade and maybe ask the simple question, why do you have confidence when you cannot get practice field results to translate to the field? I mean, that's a good a question. Why? I know it is, and it wasn't asked. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I – and that's not by everybody. I have many, many friends on the Florida State beat, and I'm still your friend. I love you. Just um, I was, I was dissatisfied by a number of the answers from Mike Norvell. Uh, one thing I wanted to get your your take on Adam because I think the majority of the consternation was with uh, my friend and Harry Potter aficionado Kenneth Dillingham. Um, Adam, there has been we talked about rhythm in play calling. We talked about lack of consistency where it does we're not building a pyramid. Um, we're building a Jenga tower uh, using Legos and popsicle sticks. And we're also drunk on a grain alcohol. There's no flow. There's no structure being built. What did you, what did you make of Mike Norvell's answer about the play calling and just summarize that for me? Adam. Hold on. Mike's or Kenny's? It was Kenny's. Mike's. Cause Mike said it was a collaborative effort. Oh, Mike's uh, yeah. Mike, Mike was really okay. nice. Mike was really nice in saying, yeah, it's like, he's going to take the blame for it. Yeah. Mike was really nice in saying, look, I have the final say so on all these things, but Kenny's calling the plays. Is it now, worth... in my opinion? That's my that was my take on all the words he said, and he said a lot of words. <laughs> he coached a web. Yeah, he, he certainly did. But I coached, thought I read I, how I read between the lines with Kenny's calling the plays, and Mike's got say, and I'm sure Tony Tokars has got uh, got some say up there in the box and, and offers his input. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I walked away from that with the sense that Kenny's calling the majority of the police. Assuming we'll assume that's true because you're a ball genius. <laughs> um, should Mike Norvell take back the, res- the, the bulk of the play calling Absolutely. or is Florida state to, even with Florida state being such a sinking ship and him having to keep his eyes on everything. He's still got to take. It's gotta be about fundamentals of building a program to your own three, your own three. And gotta, Mike's going to be here longer than you got to build the program in your image. So I actually tend to agree with you. I was playing a little devil's advocate there. You caught me. Um, you got, you, you got to build smart. the program in Mike's image. Cause he's going to be here longer than Kenny. Was, was Mike calling the plays last year? Mm-hmm. I, I thought he, nobody, I thought he was. Nobody ever asked. I thought he was too. I was under the impression that he was. It doesn't look like the same play caller this year than last year. No, so it doesn't. It I doesn't. would not be surprised. It doesn't look like a lot of the similar design either. Um, which like what I was saying earlier, were the, were the plays build off each other that that is a Mike Norvell staple and it does not feel like that has been present this year. Yeah. No, it's very disjointed. The effort, the game stuff is disjointed. So that was Mike Norvell. That was that those were the things that stuck out to me. I don't think I'm missing anything. Am I? No, you know, Mike did his typical coach speak stuff. He's very, he's very, he got a little fired up with a question that the, 
a beat member asked him um about the process and all that stuff and i thought he really kind of just went to or about kids buying in and all that stuff and i thought mike went eight thousand miles away from that question to talk about the climb and all that nonsense and i thought he really i thought he deflected okay he doesn't have answers guys i mean come on he's seeing this product he's trying to figure this out and a lot of things, a lot of this too is fading the heat. A lot of these guys, if if you could truth serum right in the old jugular, they would. They actually know some of the answers to these questions. But when you're trying to keep this fragile team together, because there's a lot of guys that are not bought in. That is, you saw the tape as well as I did. Eighty <laughs> percent yeah. of the defense wasn't bought in on that last drive. Um, oh, a lot of, well, by that point, they they were completely done. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a lot of things that I think. They weren't being truthful, so I want to get to I want to get to Kenny, because hmm. I love I love Kenny Dillingham. We're gonna end it on Kenny too, because I'm gonna have an aneurysm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Kenny Dillingham personally. So love I, him I, on, I, on his crutches all around. Yeah, <laughs> he might be one of the Vikings members. Right, I think that we may need to start restricting a little bit of media access because there was a there was a quote in there from Kenny which. Is, was very concerning, especially in print. But I actually think the real reason behind this quote was a, the answer to a question behind it. And, Adam, you can correct me if I'm stupid. wouldn't be the first time. Um, they were talking about, you know, why FSU's offense was lacking success. And basically what Kenny said was, hey, this is a team that comes out in like a, I think he said a 4-3 soft cover zone. And they played a lot Jesus. of man against us. And we didn't, we couldn't adjust to it. We adjusted. We we took. He he said that it took him longer to adjust to it than it should have. That answer sucks. You're making like almost a mil a year. That answer blows. That's a crap answer. Every playbook has man beaters and zone beaters. You're the architect of the playbook. You should know immediately, especially when you're talking about a simple man to zone switch. I think the real answer for that is that. What I just want to say it's not that simple. I though. know, I know, and you can you can correct that. But what I'm saying, what I think what his real answer was, is that we repped a lot of stuff that we thought we were going to go against his own defense. We ended up seeing a lot of man. So the plays that I called, we didn't rep as much, and we were sloppy, and the execution wasn't as good. Now, to be honest with you, I still think that answer still still isn't great, but I do think it's truthful. I think the real reason is the answer to a follow-up question. But Adam, expound upon why you don't have such a problem with that answer as everybody else did. Because it's a look. You go into a game, you game plan for a certain thing. Yes, you have man beaters and all those things that are built into uh, your your play calls and in and whatnot, and your 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 routes and those things. But man to zone run blocking is different. Uh, there's there's everything everything really changes um and, and look i mean guys are guys are kind of seeing it and they're they're prepared they can go do those things and you but you got to get them to the sideline you got to talk through it you got to be able to draw it up you got to be able to see it there it's not like they're just running exclusive man they're running other stuff over there too so you sure. you're starting to go through that process you've got your nine scripted early you're trying to go through your nine scripted you come out on the first drive you fumble the ball in the second play so there's just a lot that goes in from trying to when you prepare for one thing during the week and you've repped it again, you repped your offense and what you're trying to do, and you're trying to do run two offenses, which is idiotic. You're trying to run a Jordan Travis offense and a 
Mackenzie Milton offense. So you've game planned for those things all week. Then you've got to try to, on the sideline, say, okay, we we did all this. We did all this. We prepped for, for this specific look and these coverages. This is not what they're running. Now they're running this. You've got to try to coordinate that all on the all on the sideline. It's just easier said than done is, is my point. I'm not saying it was a great answer. It wasn't a great answer. But you heard Dabo Sweeney say the exact same thing. He came out and said the same thing today, that, that Georgia Tech ran a completely different they, – they ran different stuff than what they had prepped for, and when they went out, they struggled against it, and they weren't able to adjust. So it's not like this is exclusive to Kenny Dillingham, Mike Norvell, and Florida State. We're starting to – we're seeing this more across the country. My concern is you didn't you didn't kind of think they would run some man coverage when right. Jacksonville State locked you up and made you look like doo-doo? That's my problem. We talk about tendency breakers. You don't ex- like you. You have to game plan for them to do something outside of the norm, specifically when it's already shown to have so much success for you. So it shouldn't have been that much of a shock. I do think that it's something that you're allowed to struggle with. Great teams struggle with it when they're not prepared. It's another thing for a team that consistently cannot score points in the second half, which is a symptom of the Mike Norvell, Kenny Dillingham offense at Florida State. It's the same thing is happening over and over again. So now you start to ask, it's the, if this was an isolated occurrence, you say, okay. It doesn't seem to be something that is getting learned from at all. It doesn't seem, It's not a flexible in-game offense at all. And I don't think they've shown it, and I don't think it's shown last year or this year. And I think it's a concern, and I think it kind of goes back. So while I agree with you, Adam, that it's definitely not as easy as fans are making it, I'm more concerned about it because I think that that is just a symptom of kind of the disease of the type of mindset we have with this offense. Right? All right, let me, let me play devil's advocate to that. How much adjustment are you making with – you talked about it earlier, the wide receivers you're running out there. How much adjusting can you naturally do with some of those guys with an offensive line that is below average? I mean, at some point, I, I get it. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But at some point, you are hindered by what you have. Comparatively. Comparatively, because this is an untalented team for Florida State standards. No, th- this... This is a, an untalented team. There's a point. There's a point where if certain position groups are such an individual liability, it means that the whole group suffers. I think Jordan Travis, I think Mackenzie Milton are decent quarterbacks. But, and I, I think that, like, we have good running backs, and I, I think all of these things, but when you have such big position groups that are liabilities, it means that you cannot do anything, right? Without an offensive line, you cannot do you cannot run the ball efficiently and effectively without wide receivers you cannot am i he probably if i was him he probably was hoping they were playing zone and when they came out in man he said well we got nothing but in this game we did run effectively with Treshawn Ward so a lot of the stuff that's ineffective and inefficient it's due to scheme but it's also due to personnel rotation but hold on a second they had been practicing uh, tackle at center like almost all week. The, but, um, the term effective is one that I think we need to define very quickly. 
okay. because he because he had eight runs and and a couple of them were pretty good. Are we classifying that as effective? Because eight if yards you, per carry is an effective performance. But if you give him if you give him twenty carries, what's his yard per what's his yard per average? And, I don't know. We will never find out because we don't have but, any consistency but in he had, with our but players. He had, but so he what, also had some a, of those runs at the end of the game when it's thirty-five to fourteen. So how much does that play into this factor? Also, I, look, Trey, I get what you're saying, but I think that I think that we lose focus. Yes, there is a there is an identity problem on this offense. There is a major identity problem on this offense, but there is a major problem at the front line of this offense that hinders you from being able to do certain things. I'm not asking them to score 22 points and beat Wake Forest in the second half. I'm asking them to score a point. I'm not asking <laughs> them to do, I'm not asking them to play well enough to win the game. I'm asking them to play well at all. This is a team that barfs on their pants in the second half, and it's because they're getting out coached over and over and over again. But hold on. I, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be a coach defender, but were they out coached when Mackenzie Milton fumbled the ball, going on a quarterback sneak in the end zone? That's yep, being out coached. Adam Fuller. No, no, no. That's obviously. I didn't but, say that. I mean, I didn't say that. I didn't that's what say happened. that. I know you did. I know you Kevin. I know you did. I know that that's not what you're saying, Trey. But they're going in to score in the second half of the football game. Right. So and you're still and you're still losing to Wake by. 20 points or whatever, multiple touchdowns. You weren't were beating Wake anyway. You I think, weren't beating Wake. Here's, here's, you weren't beating Wake because this team is a, is a fraud and there is a, a absolute coaching issue with this team. I think, you weren't, well, you weren't wait, beating we Wake. What are we talking about, though? I don't They're know what the hell we're talking about. They're here, undercoached. Here, this is my are problem. Are we rolling heads? This is, Our heads going to roll. Sorry, this, I'm sorry. There is a coaching issue, but I don't think there's necessarily a huge play calling issue that's killing you to the point that everybody wants to make it seem. You running Wildcat twice didn't lose you the game to Jacksonville State. You running Milton, McKenzie Milton on a third and one, on a fourth and three or whatever, although stupid, didn't lose you the football game. If you want to blame the coaches, look at the heads of the players on the field as they leave the field like the 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 soft factors are way more at play with with the coaching right now than than i think i, I don't know I don't as know. as i started this conversation at the beginning of this video it is not black and white we're not going to find a it's a coaching issue or it's a player issue it is a holistic approach to issue it's they're not. Issue. They're not coaching them great. There are major voids of talent on this roster at positions that are absolutely crucial for you to have success. Mainly and, the offensive line, mainly the defensive backfield. Yeah, and the talent you do have, you're not using effectively. We've all agreed on that. Absolutely, the sure. are bad. Absolutely. So now that was a good conversation. I'm glad I let it go because I actually I think my real the real answer to why they're having struggles. I just I didn't really even think about it until we started to have this conversation, how much of a symptom this like this inflexibility and just not ability to adapt is that. And that's, that's a problem with the team, but Kenny Dillingham said the real answer had a lot of success. He said earlier, we need to scheme our guys open better. We cannot win consistent one-on-one matchups on the outside against Wake Forest. And that is something 
if Kenny Dillingham somehow became Lincoln Riley, you are stuck with the entire season. And that goes to John at Tomahawk Nation's article. We ain't got the guys either. Now, there are plenty of questionable decisions throughout the coaching staff, and there are plenty of questionable rotation decisions with which of those fairly talented to untalented guys are getting used and how much. But the real issue is, dude, that Wake Forest could lock you up in man all game and you could do nothing about it. And that's a team that doesn't play it. Man isn't their strength. But against Florida State, every team that we play – Man is going to be their strength until we figure out a way to beat them. Now, Kenny said, hey, it's my job on the coaching staff. And I, I did like this answer. Like, we, we got to scheme these guys up more. Unfortunately for Kenny, you scheme them up like he did against Jacksonville State and Keyshawn Helton drops the ball. Sometimes we saw it with DJ Lundy. Sometimes you put these kids in the perfect position to succeed. And with Florida State's mental makeup, they pulled the feet right out of the jaws of that certain victory. So, Adam, do you agree with me that while the majority of the focus – and I wa- and I probably focused a little bit too much on that one answer because I don't think you and I have ever really like naturally disagreed, so I thought it was fun. Um, I think the biggest answer is the one that wasn't focused on enough, and it was that second answer. And that's the one yeah. that's, that's going to hang with you all season, brother. We suck. We don't have <laughs> answers. It is what it is. I mean, Adam Fuller – what was player focused of a lot of the issues? Kenny Dillingham, when push came to shove, was player focused with a lot of the issues. They accepted. I mean, they're not accept. I don't feel like they're accepting responsibility as well as they probably should have or, or, or should. Um, I, I, I don't think that they are. It's tough to get up there and do that, though. And I don't know if the questions being asked are necessarily putting them in position to accept responsibility. Uh, especially because there's not a lot of follow-ups and kind of putting them on the spot like you mentioned earlier. Um, I think that they accept enough responsibility for the scheme stuff. I just think they can't say what the real issue is because, like, they can't say, like, hey, we got a bunch of guys that suck and we can't wait for these, like, guys to leave and we get our recruits in because you're going to leave – like, you're going to lose whatever little hold you have on the roster. Like, it's it's held together very tenuously. I do think that they don't take enough accountability for the preparation and mm-hmm. no, I agree. Type, and the buy-in. Like you're, they're yeah. lying about the buy-in. I really yeah, do. The, there's so many guys that aren't bought in, and they keep saying like, "Oh no, I believe in them. I got faith in them this year." Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. no, I agree with you. And they that's don't. that's where they're that, lying there. That's just where I struggle with the some of the stuff of getting on Kenny about not, you know, the man, the not responding to the man coverage stuff is. I look, I don't care, man zone. It doesn't matter. We just don't have a lot of talent. And people will say we are talented and we hung in there against Notre Dame, but we're seeing that Notre Dame's not that great this year. No, no, um, I'm with you. And it seems like Notre Dame is going to be the apex of the effort Mm. that you're going to get. It's going to be our UNC of this year. Yeah, except we didn't even win. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm with you. Um, I don't, like I said, and there does need to be some sort of, uh, situational awareness of how these words coming out of my mouth are going to be perceived by non-football people. I can tell you that that first answer kind of threw me for a loop until I talked with you, Adam. You talked me off the ledge a little bit. I still, in all honesty, think that answer sucks for a multitude of other reasons, especially from a mostly from a PR perspective. I don't disagree. But we discussed at least the reasons why. And I, uh, to me, what I saw is I saw – 
I saw exasperation and I saw guys, I saw guys that don't have an answer for these really tough questions that are going to define their careers. So we'll see how they respond. It's not just how the players are going to respond. It's how the coaching staff's going to respond. Who are they going to play? How are they going to play them? Will there actually be that fabled accountability for those players that continue to suck and mope and commit personal fouls that we've heard of? Because if there's not, it's a done Sorry. deal. But however, we're going to be talking about it with you every week here on the Triple Option. And Tommy Mir with Tomahawk Nation is going to be there every <laughs> week looking at these guys in the face live and giving them He's the slipping on the Slipping in the water at the baseball stadium stairs. There you go, Tom. Giving them the business. <laughs> well, for, for Tommy Mir, for Adam Brown, for Kevin Little, I'm Trey Rowland. And I am glad to be back with you guys on the Triple Option. Boys, anything else before we wrap it up in a nice little bow? I thought this was a very expansive, fiery, and entertaining mm. episode. It's going to be it's full of some hot takes. Um, and, I mean, look, they're searching for answers. We're searching for them, too. I mean, we wish we had them for you wholly. We're trying to give us give you guys our, our best opinions and kind of beat around some of the inside stuff that we do get to hear and, and know without, you know, giving away too much. But, um, you know, we're getting close to 4,000 uh, subscribers. We'd love to push that push that number up there this this uh this season if we can. So smash that uh, subscribe button, smash the uh, the turn your bell notifications on, hit the hit the like button, tell your buddies, tell your friends. The boys at the Triple Option are bringing that thunder. Okay, well forget what Adam just said because that had a really <laughs> awesome segue and he just stepped all over. So forget everything he just said. Well, I've got some best answers for you, and the best answer is to go to the X's and Knowles YouTube page, hit the little bell, turn your Patreon. subscriptions on, go to the Patreon, give Kevin money. Look at those poverty pillowcases he's got behind them. I found those Disgusting. on the Disgusting. Look at my Gross. head. My head is shining. Give me something I can Low wipe my forehead count. with. Adam needs a better head shaver. I see stubble. It's gross. Look at me. I'm actually, I'm unfixable. Look at my face. The money won't help me. But go to the Patreon and tell your friends that this is the pinnacle of Florida State football and video entertainment jammed together in one beautiful garnet and gold peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I am Trey Rowland, and thank you again for coming to the Triple Option. We love you, and we'll never stop chopping.